Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good morning, this is Sanjay Ture, and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Technology series here at Business Atlanta Studios. I am joined with three beautiful, amazing ladies that are doing amazing things here in Atlanta. I'm here with Penny Collins, Nancy Cox, and Stephanie Jewett. How are you guys doing today? And so good. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so Penny, I want to start off with you. We just closed off, or I should say you just closed off a big, huge event here. And I want to know a little bit about how that went. Absolutely. So you are right. On June 20th, we had our big Wit Connect event, which is the one of our biggest fundraisers we have for the year. And it's an opportunity for us as Wit to showcase what we do. We gave out over $182,000 in scholarships wow. to college girls and to a couple of high school girls. And we raised um, total over 330000 for the whole Wit Connect event as a whole. And it's it's so wonderful to see how generous our sponsors are and how much they give back to helping us continue our mission, which is to get as many women in um, leadership positions within the STEAM community. But more importantly is how do we attract that young talent and educate them on what technology is about? So the money that we've raised enables us to continue with our programs as well as launch new, more creative programs to Mm -hmm. look at more about how we continue to serve. It was definitely an incredible outcome, just listening to the girls and their stories and how appreciative they are of women in technology and all that you guys do for them and how it's somewhat of a sisterhood. That's what everyone kept saying, sisterhood, sisterhood. Absolutely. And we had, this was incredible. It's the most we've ever had at the event. We had 864 leaders in technology that attended the event. And and the one thing I kept hearing as a common theme for all those that spoke, especially if you remember um, Angel who was one of our scholarship winners and now is interning at Fiserv. Um, her father spoke. Mm-hmm. And the one thing he talked about is women in technology is not just an organization, it's a movement. Yeah, And so that has become kind of our, our theme that we've adopted because it was actually that. It's, it's a sisterhood where it takes it, it takes a village between men, women, very diverse um, or you know uh, diverse people that actually come together to try to make this happen. So it was a, it was mm-hmm. a magical night. It and really as you was. know, we're getting ready for our next big event, yes, which is November the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be held. It's our Women of the Year event, where we celebrate um, incredible women who are technology leaders who have given back to the community. And we do that by um, letting the community nominate who they believe mm-hmm. are those women leaders that we should celebrate. Yeah. And so November 14th at the Georgia Aquarium is our night to celebrate the wonderful things that some of these women have done in our community. I actually got the chance to speak to the Women of the Year from last year. Yes. And um, she just told me that it was an amazing event and she was so happy to be a part of it and to be elected to be the Women of the Year. So I would definitely love to attend this one oh, you, coming up. We can't do it without you guys. So we <laughs> want to continue to be partners with you all at Thank that. Thank you. So I would like to switch it off to you, Nancy Cox. Tell me a little bit about you. So I am um, a board member of WIT, and I've been involved with WIT for the last two years. Closer. And I have a long, long career in technology. So as in engineering and then engine management and CIO and CTO roles. Most recently left uh, Greenlight to pursue my own uh, startup here in Atlanta, Greenlight, 
to uh, really go out on my own and help people like Stephanie to my left, women entrepreneurs that are need a boost, need some help. I call it the good old girls network. How yeah. do we kick in and help women um, get going and, and fill in the gaps they have and give them advice or money or whatever it takes to, to help them be successful. Women helping women. I'm all about that. And I think that's what women in technology is all about. So yeah. it's awesome that you guys can all come together and work together. But tell me a little bit about how you switched off into this new company and how you're helping women. So um, I've been wanting to do this for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And I got involved with WIT, of course. And um, the ATDC, when I was with WorldPay, we started the FinTech program at the ATDC. And I think it was that period of time for those three years that we had that program, I thought, well, these are my people, <laughs> you know, startups, the innovators, the people that throw it all on the line to, to do something and, and make something happen. And, um, I just, at that moment thought this is, this is what I want to do next. Yeah. So I got a chance to work at Greenlight with the co-founders. A good friend of mine, Tim Sheehan is a, is the founder of Greenlight. Um, spent a couple years there, uh, helping him out and helping it scale. It is well on its way. It's an amazingly successful company. Um, but as I was doing that, I, I thought, you know, I, what I want to do, though, is really focus my time and energy on helping women entrepreneurs. And that's awesome. Yep. So I want to know a little bit more about how your position was in the fine tech program and at ATDC and how it opened up the doors for you to start working with the women that you work with today. If that makes sense. Yeah. So when I was at WorldPay, I was a CTO at mm -hmm. WorldPay, and uh, we were really thinking through how do we establish ourselves in sort of the startup or innovator community mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. And uh, one way to do that was to invest in um, the startup community, including ATDC seemed like a great place to start. Um, they gave us a lot of insight into what it would take to be a good partner of startups in this case, it was payments. So how do I become a, a preferred payment platform for startups? Uh, what do we have to do as a big company in big scale um, adapt and adjust to the needs of a startup? So it was a great kind of a customer discovery, you know, effort on, on our part. Learned a lot, made a lot of good business connections. And um, I think started, I wouldn't say we were the first, but really one of a wave of corporate involvement mm. in startups Start in the startup community so now we have of course the engage venture capital um and the, the accelerator that's at the atdc that's funded by a bunch of big big name corporations in atlanta and it's really that collaboration of how do big companies support and feed and give oxygen to mm -hmm. the startups so why is it important for startup companies to have such a platform like yours to begin and start off on well, uh, Stephanie can talk about what startups need, but <laughs> they need a lot, right? Yeah. They need money, they need advice, they need customers, they need feedback, they need everything. And a lot of us um, seasoned veterans and corporations have a lot of answers to those questions, which is, you know, can I be your customer? Well, here's what you would need to do to be, you know, a, a provider to me, right? right? Um, what does it take to run a business? What does it take to find investors? What does it take to build a team and execute my business plan and my business model? All the things that maybe, you know, as Penny knows, as a seasoned, you know, executive, 
you start to take for granted that you know mm -hmm. after 20 years of hard work how to do these things fairly easily but startups need that help right that we take for granted so is it somewhat of like a schooling type thing where they're you're teaching them the ins and outs of how to really start up their business and be successful somewhat it's just yeah. sharing sharing your knowledge and your energy and help and answer questions and do whatever whatever they need at the end of the day though and stuff we can talk about this they're in charge. It's their businesses. They're the CEOs. It's like, how can we help them be successful? Yeah. And that's great that you're doing that. I want to know a little bit about your history and how you got involved in this whole tech world and how you went to, you know. <laughs> how I started. So actually, the timing is interesting because, you know, Ross Perot just yeah. died, right? Uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And um, I got my career at, started at EDS, Electronic Data Systems, okay. Ross Perot's company. And um, I... All of us that are alumni of EDS think of it as kind of a magical place. Jen Benet was at EDS alum. And we were a systems engineering army, I would call it. Got fantastic education, but a wide open set of opportunities to work on all kinds of fascinating projects. I worked at NASA, for example, or wow. Air Force combat ammunition systems. I worked in healthcare. I launched a hospice and chip programs for the state of Indiana. So just through those, you know, 15 years I was with EDS, I got so many fun opportunities to travel, mm -hmm. do great things. I thought at the time I was doing great work um, and with some really great, fantastic people. Eventually, though, I moved into leadership, right? So I could have a little more influence and um, and other opportunities and really sort of went from there. So was this something that you always knew that you were going to be a part of? Did you go to school for this? Or I want to know a little bit more about the history. <laughs> no. So um, my, you know, my, my parents were scientists. Or oh, one wow. was a chemical engineer. My mom was a chemist. And I was a math major in college. Okay. So it's kind of the family business. But I, as Penny knows this, I love horses. So <laughs> when I was going through school and I was really threatening my parents that I was going to quit school and be a horse trainer and all that stuff. Um, I finally graduated, though. I did. And I spent the first two years out of school training with this Olympic-level And how was that? It's awesome. I loved it. <laughs> However, with absolutely zero money and nothing but, you know, my skill keeping me alive was, um, I think, a moment where I thought, you know, man, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no guarantee that if I don't, if I get hurt or something, I don't know. There was a moment where I thought, I'm not sure I want this to be my business. Yeah. And I made my parents extremely happy and started job hunting and got my job with EDS. Right. So luckily, electronic data systems at the time would hire people like me, college grads with math or physics or whatever degrees who are completely useless and make us <laughs> into something useful <laughs> through their training program. And yeah. uh, I just lucked into it. And yeah. then loved it. Loved it. I loved what I could do. Um, I think it's uh, Tech Square Labs has that motto of, you know, build something from nothing. All you need is your brain and a laptop. Mm. And it's so true. Yeah. I was like, this is so cool. I can make all kinds of stuff, make people happy and my customers. And it just, I don't know. I was so glad I lucked into that and enjoyed the process of building something from nothing. Yeah. So I want to bring it back to today. Okay. And um, I know you're working on some projects. I want to know a little bit more about that. So my main projects now are nothing but advisory work for startups. Yeah. So Stephanie will talk about hers. I, I help her. I'm just thrilled with what Stephanie's been doing and her company and um, 
And there I have a, a roster of others we can okay. talk about, but I'll, I'll save that for another day. All righty. And your involvement with WIT right now mm-hmm. is you're a board member. Yeah. And what's your day-to-day in WIT? <laughs> so I um, took the opportunity to be, ex- what, temporary ED last November and survived until Penny could take over in April. So and learned a lot about WIT. I did that on purpose, which was I wanted to be more intimately familiar with how WIT mm-hmm. worked, what we do. Um, I feel a tremendous um, passion and, and obligation to have WIT be successful. So yeah. I, I, I took on that temporary role for the board. Um, but my day-to-day is not that much now that I've been able to pull away and, and just help help Penny or, in this case, the forum that mm-hmm. is sort of in my wheelhouse and helping that takes shape and, and um, get put on. What's your favorite part about being a part of the WIT community? Is seeing women jump into the STEM uh, career fields and or STEAM career fields and be successful. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, well, you know, and then the, the gratification of hearing that echoed back with the scholarship award winners, et cetera, when, and when they go from there. Yeah. And watching women through their transition um, in their careers over time is just really satisfying and also having mentors like you and penny and having all that knowledge and just being a foundation and being a backbone for them is incredible so i really appreciate all that you guys are doing for what it's amazing well i told i said this last time i'll say it again it's like my those career fields are almost a guaranteed opportunity to be financially independent Mm -hmm. and for me it was really important to continue to tell women you can be financially independent you can take control of your life you can do whatever you want you can have a incredible opportunities um jump in (laughs) this is a great great way to do that and uh so that is my endless soapbox about come on do steam it's fun yeah yeah well thank you so much for (laughs) telling me a little bit more about what you do for wit and i'll definitely come back to you and ask you a little bit more questions when they come to me okay stephanie jewett hey y'all am i saying your last name right yeah jewett okay tell me a little bit more about yourself so my name is Stephanie Jouette. Yes. I am the founder and CEO of Actively Mobile App. That is actively spelled with two Vs. And actively spelled with two Vs is Tinder for platonic fitness buddies. So if you need somebody to go hiking, biking, do yoga, you're traveling to Atlanta on business, and you're tired of sitting at the hotel room or hotel bar as it may be, you want to hit the belt line, but you don't know the city and you don't want to go alone, you can uh, download the app actively and find people near you. You set the gender if that's important the age range of your potential partner and the distance from you. That's so interesting. So it's somewhat of a, let's say, dating site, something like that. Emphasis on the platonic, but definitely Tinder-esque in the matching um, portion of it. But very platonic, unless you don't want it to be. And then you're 18 and over, you're adults who make adult choices. Yeah. And that's on you. But ideally, it is platonic. And I quote that you're main goal was to come and remove the stigma from on dating swipe sites, right? Absolutely. And you wanted to make it more platonic, as you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, it's kind of crazy that there's still, uh, uh, when I talk about actively um, to people and describe it, right now on your phone you can find a date, love, a soulmate, even someone to have sex with right now from your phone, but it's still that difficult to find a cool girl to go on a bike ride with. Yeah. Or to go horseback riding or whatever. Someone who has your interest and is free when you're free. But actively is changing that by really making it accessible to find platonic friends. Because as adults, once you're out of college, it's really hard to make new friends and find people who share your interest. I wish I knew about this app. Um, (laughs) 
a year ago when I moved to Atlanta when I didn't know anyone. <laughs> Atlanta's a tough city to get plugged yeah. into. Atlanta is everybody, I'm not from, I'm from Miami, but I'm not from the South South. And everybody went to college nearby. Everybody's got like a crew and a click. And if mm-hmm. you don't have your crew, you don't get to really take advantage of yeah. all the awesome things we have in the city. And it's just harder when you're older. Mm. But you're not from Atlanta. You're no, from Miami. From Miami. And you've moved to DC. You've moved to Virginia. I want to know about all of that and how you got to today. Sure. So um, I am from Miami and I'm first generation Cuban American. So um, went to school in Virginia, did um, um, broadcast journalism background, tried my hand at politics in D.C., worked on the Hill for a few uh, Congress people and organizations, and then um, ended up at CNN as an intern, plucky intern, and I was determined they were going to hire me full time. <laughs> so I put my car on a hitch, drove down to Atlanta sight unseen, and um, ended up actually working my way into being a producer at CNN, both here in Atlanta, and then later, um, they asked me to relocate to DC to relaunch Crossfire Mm -hmm. with Van Jones and Newt Gingrich and a few other political folks, and it was during my time in DC and the relocation, I'm always the friendly kid who knows like the social activities calendar, and it was really difficult. Now with my show hours, you get out 7.30 7.30 or 8. Yeah. You have to prep for the next day. It's politics. You're doing a lot of research on your guests and on what you're talking about. Now it's 9.30 or 10 p.m. at night and no one wants to go to the gym after work at that time. Yeah. Everyone's already done happy hour at home. They're in bed. Some may be hungover from said happy hour in bed, but nobody's going to the gym with you. Yeah. So that's so, really what led me to create actively. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> full circle. Yeah, full circle. But um, you touched base on a lot of things. I want to go more into detail about your stay in Virginia and D.C. and how you came about that job. What was your purpose of being in D.C. and Virginia moving from Miami to there? Um, I what brought to, you there? Sorry. I went to college in Virginia at Liberty. Oh, awesome. And then it was really close to D.C. and I really wanted to try my hand um, at broadcast journalism and those are really competitive jobs much like the hill so um, I took a stab at the hill and I interned for Ileana Ross Leighton um, she is a Cuban congressman from Miami and um, quickly realized that that is that is a special form of life and once you're in it you're in it yeah. like the political world and um, before I really went that route for good I was like let me just try broadcast journalism one more time and I mean, I applied over a hundred and something jobs, internships, anywhere in the country who would give me a chance. And CNN was like, come on, little intern. Wow. Uh, and it was because I was actually an older intern. They were like, you've done all these things in the Hill. You have knowledge and experience. Come to Atlanta. And I just, and it was in 2010. It was in the middle of a giant blizzard by myself, U-Haul, Hitch. Yeah. Yeah. And it should have taken me 10 hours to get from D.C. to Atlanta with the um, blizzard that hit the entire East Coast. <laughs> It took me 20 hours by myself, and I was like, I'm turning back on the phone to my mom in Spanish. I'm out of here. (laughs) She's like, just drive slow. I'm with you. Yeah. So you applied to hundreds of um, jobs and internships, and of all the local stations and all these other places you could have worked, you got CNN CNN. to hire you. So that's a sign that you were doing something right. (laughs) And and for Atlanta, because I had never been to Atlanta, and I... To your point, um, when I first got here, I was so lonely. I didn't know a soul. And I remember every day I'd leave CNN, driving in the car, Bluetooth with my mom and being dramatic because I'm Hispanic. Like, I hate this place. And like crying. She's like, are you done crying? Now talk to me like a human being. Yeah. (laughs) And it was once I found like a crew, like once the second that I had a few friends at CNN that you could go to like Dogwood Festival and anything that Candler Park Fest or anything you're like. Atlanta is the greatest city alive. Yeah. We've always got something fun. People are so friendly. But if you don't even have a crew, 
It's hard like, to it's just like get when out. you try to get a job, if you don't have a job, it's that much harder. But once you have an employment, then everybody wants to hire you. Right. Same with friends in Atlanta. It's like the universe knows that. Yes. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Spanish speaking woman yes. and your background is Cuban, right? Si, soy cubana. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so tell me how that was trying to go into the journalism world. Uh, I would say different and you certainly bring a different perspective and a viewpoint yeah. on, you know, cultural ongoings in the news. Um, CNN was really, really good in a time before Trump when we had we were able to cover a lot more. Mm. Right. When the news cycle wasn't more singular the way that it is now. They were really cool about letting us bring a lot of diverse topics to the table. So that was really fun. And I really got to be myself. Um, you could pitch if, you know, everything from what's going on in South America or Africa yeah. all the way to Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. Like it was just it's diverse. What a, a time to be alive. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah. So you also worked at the National Republican Senatorial Committee and the Alliance of Save Energy. The Alliance Save Energy. Yep. Yeah. So tell me about that. Uh I mean, it was just um, completely wildly different experiences. You saw what it takes to do fundraising. And John Ensign was senator at the time, and he was at the head of it, at the helm of it. And you really just get to see whether it was through those two internships or later um, back in D.C. for CNN. You really get to see behind the scenes of how political people operate. Just because you see them arguing on TV doesn't mean that the second that the camera is off, they're not like, hey, good zinger. By the way, if you say this, you'll really put me against the wall. And <laughs> this is really, you know. Yeah. So you got to see the behind the scenes how the and how it worked. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And um, but it really let me um, it really made me realize that I love news and information. I am an information junkie. Like mm. I love any kind of information. I just want to know. Um, but it also highlighted to me um how much as human beings we're still missing each other because mm. when you're covering um all these reports keep coming out and how 40 percent of americans report feeling lonely and that the largest group of people who are feeling lonely in america today aren't the elderly it's young people you know right like millennials and gen z are lonelier than any other group yeah. in america so it really highlighted for me how desperately we need something like actively right and it comes back to actively. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just full circle. But you said that you've always been engaged in news and you're an information junkie. I want to know about your beginnings and how that was when you were like in high school and college. And was this something you always wanted to pursue? No, not at oh. all. I was a, I'm a communications kid and um, I love storytelling mm -hmm. and I love um, branding and marketing. But really it was. Um, one of my friends was like, I think I'm switching my comms major to broadcast journalism. And I was like, huh, you know, I guess that is pretty cool. And yeah. I, and really like when the universe has plans and just be being willing to try. And I love what Nancy said about, um, helping expose women to possibilities that they never knew. I didn't ever consider myself first. I was not looking to be a journalist and certainly not looking to be an entrepreneur. Hmm. And you're willing to try and put yourself out there. And when you're open to new experiences, you're like, I do like this. I love this as a matter of fact. Um, so on all counts and, and how many women, um, have had the chance, I would have never thought I'd be in the technology space. Yeah. Just from journalism to tech. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you've got introduced to Nancy Cox and how that whole relationship began. Okay, I'm so excited to share this. Not only because um, Nancy's just an incredible woman and human being, but also because when we talk about wit and we talk about what, and entrepreneurs and startups and we talk about how do you really help women and how do you really move the needle on us 
in our careers and businesses. Um, one of my advisors, Kim Seals, is a friend of both Nancy and mine. And um, she knows that I've been really building actively. She loves what I'm doing and um, made it a point. She's like, you've got all these pieces in place, great branding, great marketing. The app is being built. You've got all these things. She's like, these are the areas you're weak in. Let me sh introduce you to someone who I think would be a great person for you to talk to and get advice. And she was so intentional. Kim Seals um, from the Jump Fund and Golden Seas okay. was so intentional about connecting us and making sure that as a female entrepreneur that not only am I building an okay business, that I'm an investable business, a business that can scale. Mm -hmm. And she knows that you really, it does take a village. It, and, and, you know, Nancy gave me great advice and helped really show me financial modeling. And then now that she's a part of the team has made it her business to also help us find a CFO, another woman who has worked at, you know, fortune 500 fintech businesses yeah. and our software engineer, our senior software engineer who is extremely talented and has worked at world pay. And those are the significant ways that you can actually tactical, not just fluff. Oh, we love supporting women. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. these programs like wit and these women like Penny and Nancy who are like, let me connect you mm -hmm. to people who will actually help you round out your team, connect you to investors, help you get that capital. Like those are the real things that matter. Right. So I'm just grateful to be in the presence of such incredible women who are really really committed to helping customers. us i mean the next step we've talked about this is you know wit has a great sponsor list mm -hmm. could be customer lists for some of our startups some of them are also engaged um companies but yeah making those connections and seeing how many would be willing to it, it entertain a conversation with actively about yeah you know a b2b relationship and, and that is because of having this great team in place that we're really now able to not only do the b2c side the users one-to-one -one, mm -hmm. what we're expanding with the new release of the app that's coming up um will be in the b2b space so we'll lease we'll white label the app okay to large enterprises so that if you are ncr with this beautiful gym that we all pass by on the highway <laughs> or your home depot has this beautiful in-house gym mm -hmm. and you want your employees to hit those corporate wellness goals that you have for them and to use the amenities you can use actively and so your employees can get together hold each other accountable yeah. work out together feel happy healthy and you know obviously the goals would be less absenteeism less turnover um and um, just everybody increased well, drive productivity. Up like yeah. as executives, are, you know, so they're going, well, shoot, of course, drive up engagement mm -hmm. and um, encourage cross-functional interaction and encourage um, skip level interaction. So there's a, a pretty big win. All the, you know, the journalist in me always knows, and, you know, this is like the space that I'm really in and I deep dive, um, you know, people when they're connected, even a social nudge is like the term that they've used in the studies. Even someone saying, hey, did you make it to the gym or will you be at the gym tomorrow? Just that insinuation motivates people to actually get up and go to the gym yeah. and be healthy and feel good. So not only are we helping you physically feel right. better, but also if we're lonely, as the numbers show. Mm -hmm. So we're helping you feel good physically, emotionally, mentally, like all these things that we really, really care about helping people connect in a large scale for enterprises as well. Yeah. And it's just building a community and just building a space for people to connect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if they attach that to their company as their employer, as being the facilitator for that community and that engagement, right. That, that also helps win -win. them. You're already yeah. offering yeah. your employees incredible things like gym memberships in-house or externally. But if your employees are too shy or too bashful to go work out or try that Zumba class, you know, then they're not going to use it. But if you have a buddy waiting for you, you're like, oh, yes. my. And even for millennials and Gen Z, a big part of it is like 
everybody shows up and wants to be a manager tomorrow. You're like, how can I network with a CEO? How can I network? So like you might be able to network if they're on actively yeah. at the company. In a less intimidating space. Right? Absolutely. So I think that's incredible. Walk me through the app and how it looks and how it works and when it's launching. I want to know so much more about it. So the app is extremely easy to use. Um, you just tell us a little bit about yourself, namely your age, your gender, if that matters to you for your partner to and how you find them. Um, and then what activities you're into. And we have everything from yoga to um, hiking, biking, even dog walking buddies. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so if you want a buddy to go out and just hit fetch dog park or walk, yeah. you know, the belt line with your pups, um, you can do that. And then, so you tell us about you, you tell us a little bit about who your partner should be, if their gender matters, their age range and distance, mm -hmm. and you start checking out matches. It's really, really easy. It's really cute. It's super fun to use. And um, yeah. And we also host an event series in Atlanta, Turntable Yoga. We have a oh. partnership with Pond City Market. We've hosted it at Top Golf, And it's an opportunity that if you're a bit bashful to meet one-to-one, meet your new actively buddy at a turntable yoga event. No pressure. Right. It's really fun. We have a live DJ and we partner with a uh, core power yoga, the nation's largest yoga studio chain. So it's really fun. And we call it a yoga party. Yeah. No pressure. I am a terrible yogi. So if you're not great, <laughs> you can be with me and on the struggle bus. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, you can be so right I, there with me. <laughs> I guess having events like the yoga and um, stuff at the top golf, that's securing safety, right? Because Absolutely. I believe that will be another thing that someone would think about when sure. wanting to do something like this is safety. So how do you guys instill safety into that app? So as far as safety, um, there is a big piece of it that's good judgment. And mm -hmm. what we've um, learned from Bumble and Tinder, mm -hmm. one in five young adults has already used matching up. So there's some pretty good you know, if someone looks sketchy or you're getting weird messages, don't meet them. Right. But uh, um, by providing safe spaces like turntable yoga that you can and other events that we'll be partnering with in the future in our events on the new app, we have an events feature. OK, so we're taking away some of the what are some of the reasons why we're too bashful to meet another person, to make a friend yeah. or to go check out a class? We want to take away all those perceived scary factors yeah and it's really fun really easy and there's no judgment and we're really big uh online about on our social media this is like a community about being kind and whatever your fitness or friendship goals mm -hmm. like we're going to help you meet them yeah but it's a really like inclusive we're diverse you should see yourself reflected at all of our events and we really care about that um, similar to WITS community and how as um how many hispanic women i've had the chance to meet at the events and and really indicative of like who the people are in your community. Right. That just warms my heart. So no, the one, th one thing that I love about this is it's all about diversity mm -hmm. and everyone defines diversity in different ways, but yeah. diversity is really about um, having different experiences, life experiences that get you to think the way you think, be who you are and act the way you are. Yeah. And so I think that's what's so great about this app that depending on how, what your situation is uh, and who you want to connect with. It allows you to pick and choose yeah. who you believe will motivate you, who will be there with you, who can be a partner with you and hold you accountable. And so I think that's one great thing is that it allows to bring diverse people together mm -hmm. and you're connecting those worlds together. I think that's really cool. So I guess there's some sort of a psychology behind Absolutely. doing the research for yes. creating this app. And as you said, what, makes people scared to reach out to another person what's their you know inhibitions and stuff like that so tell me what your research was going so, into this so even if we really so I, 
fitness and health matters. But if I'm like the really the crux, the core, like from my soul, like what I care about is helping human beings connect with one another, find mm. friendship, like having friendship, joy, happiness, a positive experience is everything that makes life worth living. Yeah. So, um, so we really dig into what makes people friends. Why are you friends or coworkers? Because you have common interests and repeated interactions. That's why you find that. So if we can give you a space, whether it's one-to-one or at turntable yoga, where you're like, hey, we both know that we love horseback riding and we love horses. So now you've got the common interest piece and now we help you find somebody who shares that interest. Yeah. It's not as scary as walking into a giant meetup. And you're like, who do I talk to first? Mm. What do I do? We're taking away the hurdles, the obstacles yeah. to connecting as human beings. So giving people something that they have in common, making sure that all of our language is about really being friendly, about being fun. This is not, don't take yourself so serious. Yeah. There are spaces to take yourself serious, a super intense yoga class, hot yoga, um, whatever that kind of on the basketball court, tennis court. Yeah. But this is like, just have fun. It's a one hour thing. And if at the end of it, you end up being friends, like that's the goal. But if not, no harm, no foul. Right. We have a lot of amazing people. Atlanta is so friendly, so warm. Um, and I have had the really the distinct pleasure. I've met over 2,000 people through our events. Wow. Yeah. Unique people have come to our events. And there's so many nice, awesome people here that are just missing each other because I work the CNN on the seventh floor mm-hmm. versus the second floor. Yeah. When I first got here, I used to go to a ton of networking events, and I thought that that's how I could somewhat find a job and meet people. But the space is so intimidating, and everyone just has that energy of just tenseness. Yes, yes. So having events like this really is a difference because you know the sole purpose of being there is to have fun and to meet people and to talk to people about similar interests, right? And um, they're scalable nationwide, and we've had great partners that are ready and willing. And, you know, before the end of the year, we'll be in at least two other cities. But um, being able to scale nationwide with this event series so that people all over. So when you do travel to Chicago or Texas and you're on business, but you don't want to sit at the hotel room, you can get out, do something active, do the city bike share and um, be happy and healthy and feel connected. So yeah, I was going to offer so funny. I came home and I, when I first met Stephanie, I was telling my husband about her in, the, in her app and he, he's not a millennial. Right. So he's like, you need to help her. That sounds great. Can I download it now? I want it. Cause he's always <laughs> looking for somebody to play racquetball with or mountain bike with yes. and because he wants to, you know, find new people to do those things with it. And he has struggled. So he's waiting desperately for his app actively, his fresh, his new app. Absolutely. To that research piece, um, men have like such high rates of loneliness, depression and suicide. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've told men that, um, hey, you're a big, strong guy. You know, you really don't need all this emotion and friendship and stuff. So men are looking up. They're 40. They're 50. You're no longer in college. You've lost that crew of friends. Mm-hmm. They're in different places. They've moved. You know, you maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you've had kids. You've relocated again. Right. How do men find friends? And we haven't equipped men with the skills. So a lot of the research that we're seeing, men will say, my wife is standing in line at the grocery store and makes three friends. And if I talk to somebody that I have, you know, hey, look at this, they're like, get away, creep. Yeah. You know, how do men and right? Like, it's true. And there's yeah. a lot of great guys who want to be active. Life takes in a lot of directions, but we're not giving men the skills. How do you still find friends right. when and, you've and not around. every and not every man not every man actually plays golf. Absolutely, because a lot yes. of the networking and the connections are done on the golf course, but not everybody plays golf. So, what do you, how do you do that connection? And this is a perfect opportunity yeah. to connect them. 
So when is the app launch? So the app is currently in uh, the iOS, uh, on iOS and Android. Okay. But we are, I would say, a month out from like a really the formal big, this is like top notch um, new version or, or less. Honestly, I'm just going to I don't want to jinx it because, you know, product development. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we should have a brand spanking new beautiful app. Really soon. So download it actively with two Vs. It's free. I've seen it. It's adorable. It's yeah. so fun. It's really cute. I do love it. I just, um, yeah, really close, close, close to being yeah. ready for prime time. It seems like it's going to be amazing. So for people that want to download the app, where can they find it? You said it's on iOS and? And on uh, an Android. Okay. And when will it be available for Apple users? Um, iOS. iOS. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, no My worries. apologies. <laughs> so, um there's a lot to look forward to with this app and it seems so exciting and just an incredible way for people to meet. And if someone wants to know a little bit more about you, where can they find you? They can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie Jouette, Um, and also on our website at actively.com. And then our Actively Instagram is really, really fun and okay. we love to highlight. So if you've done something with an Actively buddy, we will feature you not only on our social media. We have a really cute splash page in the new app that every time it opens up, you'll see fun Actively friends. So if you want to be highlighted on the front page of the app, tag us. Okay. Hashtag Actively. Awesome. Well, we're really excited. I know I'm really excited to know more about this app and I'll definitely be downloading it today. And I'm also here with Nancy Cox. And um, do we have time for me to plug next week's forum? Oh, yeah, we definitely do. Okay. Because one of the reasons Stephanie's here is our um, forum next week is showcasing um, basically women innovators and through a number of different sectors. So we've got WellTech with, with Stephanie, uh, FinTech, health tech, and retail tech. So some really, really amazing, <laughs> strong women that have laid it all on the line to develop their own companies, and we'll be able to highlight that next week yeah. at our forum. So in the things they've done are really cool. They really challenge the status quo. I love it. So when you come, come see them and see what they have to say about their companies, what they've done, and, and what they have, it's going to be hosted by Noelle Landon from okay. Invest Atlanta. So she'll, she'll be our moderator. So where is it? What time? It is at... Uh, it is... Um, no, right. It's um, 7 to 9.30. No, no, 7.30 to 9, I'm sorry. At Magiano's in Bucket. Okay. You can go to mywit.org. We'll give you all the information to register. And we are about 80% full. Ooh. So we still have some available seats. So um, please go in and register and get your seat for the great event. Be great, great women to, that we're actually highlighting. Yeah, forums usually sell out, and then this one in particular is kind of a fun one. So, um, mm. yeah, definitely get in. What quick. can the guests look forward to? Le- hearing some amazing stories about what what have they done, what do their businesses do, how do we help? Yeah, I mean, part of my you know um, reason for having a forum like this is making sure the women in the audience know that they have a, they have a way of helping. They can be customers. They can give feedback. They can invest, maybe if that's you know something they want to do. But here's Here's some women entrepreneurs breaking through. And, and also and be inspired because they're such yeah. unique, all yeah. the, these yeah. different companies. Um, if you have any aspirations of building your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be done. Yes. It's definitely a way to yeah. network too. So yeah. yes, something to attend. And again, where can we purchase these tickets or register for this event? Um, mywit.org. Okay. Awesome. Well, we also have Penny Collins in here and we have a huge event coming up in November. So you guys make sure you attend that as well. What's the date? November 14th, Georgia Aquarium. 
and mywit.org and get your tickets. Exactly. So if we want to know a little bit more about you, Nancy and um, Penny, where can we find you online and your social medias? Well, certainly on LinkedIn. And um, my horse farm has a website, boxfordwood.com. <laughs> you want to know what I do on my spare time. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best best way to see my background and connect. Awesome. And same with me, LinkedIn. I'm actively on LinkedIn, so yep. please, please send me any messages or notes, and I, I look at it often. She does. I, I do. messaged her on there once. She does. <laughs> 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 All right, so that wraps up another episode of the Women in Technology series here at the Atlanta Business Radio X station. This is Sanjay Ture, and thank you for listening. 